Welcome to the Trailer Island Podcast. It's another week, it's another glorious day on our beautiful tropical island of sorts. Would we agree? Absolutely. It's great to be here. Uh, yes. Yes, it's, 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 it's a day on a tropical island and I'm very dehydrated. Yeah, well, we're here to talk about films and their trailers. Did the film deliver what the trailer promised? And we're in the middle of our extravaganza on Australian film where Steve is absolutely loving every single moment of it. Would you agree, Steve? Yeah, heat stroke and my crotch is itchy and now I'm reviewing Australian films as well. So he's having a great time, I everyone. Think it's, yeah. having a, it's having a great time. Now, you might have, uh, you might recognise a voice tonight because he joined us for our review on The Dry. If you're an Adelaidean, you might have seen him on Nine News. It's Will McDonald. I must have done so well when reviewing <laughs> The Dry. I got to come back for another episode. So thank you so much. Yeah. I am looking forward to this one. I really love Australian cinema. I don't know if Steve does. Mm. That, that smirk is not doing good things for you, Steve. I've 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 uh, re- resigned myself to um to being the the black sheep, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like as the black sheep, I get a little bit of downtime. And you know what? I feel like you talk about black sheep, but I feel like black sheep are at the core of Australian cinema. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, to, to occupy my time this week, I'm going to play a little bit of Trailer Island Bingo. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, and so when our uh, my esteemed colleagues um, do something on this uh, wonderful grid I've drawn up, uh, I'm going to I'm going to cross it out and um, <laughs> hope that you get to bingo. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm hoping to call out bingo ten minutes into this thing. So we don't we don't oh. get to know what the things are on the bingo squares. Uh, no, no. So no. you oh, so okay. just to visualise for everyone listening at home, you have a pad of paper there. I don't know how you managed to get paper onto the island. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You do hoard a lot of stuff, don't you, Steve? Would you call me? <laughs> and you've written a range of things in the form of a bingo game that you think that we are going to discuss directly tonight. Is that what you're saying? I can't read my handwriting, and I've written one thing here. I just can't. Yeah. I think it just says bad. Oh. <laughs> You're so um, mean. Um, look, if I may, I know that we have to introduce the film and, and everything. I don't want to waste anyone's time. But I'm, I'm just on topic of your bingo, I do have some notes here. I just want to say one of my notes just to see if it's on your bingo. And one of my notes here is just that Steve is wrong. <laughs> is, don't tell me that's on your bingo. Is that on there? Is there like a criticism of Is of, it, is of it a Matthew Steve? disregards Steve's opinions? No. Oh, oh, all right. We're, we're yeah, very good. All right. Now, this film came out in... 2000. In the 2000. So that, that means it's a fairly old film, doesn't it? That means we have to... Is the captain... Oh, there he is. Captain. I prefer Tom Ran. <laughs> so do I. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Captain. We appreciate your time. Uh, now, because Will is being a wonderful guest for us again this week, Will, would you like to introduce the film for this week? It's an all-time classic. I'm not going to say for an Australian movie. It's just a classic. It is a great movie. The Dish. I just got word from Houston. Let's go for launch. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Astronaut Neil Armstrong lands on the moon. People all over the world will be watching television pictures provided by the receiving dish in the town of Parks. So what's this all about? We've got the moonwalk. Hey? The moonwalk? Why'd they pick us? Turns out it's the largest radio telescope in the southern hemisphere. What's it doing in the middle of a sheep paddock? Which town is part of the Apollo 11 mission? Parks. The people of this place, they know what they're doing? 
I believe so. Bloody will hope so. I mean, no offence, but uh, the Americans spend billions of dollars to let us watch man walk on the moon, and in the end it falls to you blokes. <laughs> I mean, how do you feel about that? A lot better before you open your trap. In a few days' time, we'll be watching television pictures from the surface of the moon. Slap bang in the middle of it. I must stress, these are not to scale. Imagine the Earth is basketball. This will be good. And I get it. How do you reckon they go to the... Up there. This is Al Burnett from NASA. Al's here to make sure that all the signals get back to mission control. This was always your dish. You were always the boss. You'd never let anyone else come in and run the place. I'm afraid we're going to have to get back to work. You treat us like a pack of galahs. That's a kind of parrot. Have you thought about what's being attempted here? Of course I have. This is science's chance to be daring. It will be one of the proudest moments in Australia's history. <laughs> I think the computer's wiped. Are we stuffed? Yeah, we're stuffed. Let me get this straight. Southern Hemisphere's prime receiving station has no idea where Apollo 11 is. Yeah, it's on its way to the moon. What if you come clean? Just tell NASA. That we lost Apollo 11. I wouldn't say that first. How's it going out there? Oh, good, good. Except we've lost Apollo 11. Oh, except for that. Is everything all right at the dish? Man's about to walk on the moon. And he still will. I made a commitment to NASA, and I intend to fulfill it. Space nut knows everything about Apollo 11. You know where it is? That oh. is definitely not the trailer I watched. No? No, I think I got like the, the Made for America version. Oh, yes, I have seen that version as well. It's got some horrendous voiceover. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it doesn't really sell the film well either. Well, that, that one we just listened to does. Does I love it? that. I love I, that trailer. I think that's a terrific trailer. That that's made, an awesome trailer. That what, made me feel what, uplifted just just from that two two and a bit minutes there. What a lovable bunch of larrigans. You know, <laughs> don't, you, don't you don't you have the biggest smile on your face when you watch that trailer? What a bunch of characters. You know, what a bunch of just like true Aussie Aussie blokes. Alex, I think he's making fun of us. I'm not sure. Uh, Will is he making fun of us? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is a fantastic film. What's the film about? It's about a bunch of blokes in a big antenna and they are making sure that the TV signal from Apollo 11 when it lands on the moon makes it to the billions of people that are watching worldwide. And that is exciting. It's a small group of dudes responsible for this very pivotal moment in history. And you don't like it. What's I mean, it's, you know, relatively speaking, it's not exciting. I mean, (laughs) being it, you know. Cape Canaveral and watching that rocket take off might be a little bit more exciting than beaming signals back to Houston. Yeah, but this movie is not 100% obviously based on fact of things that happen, <laughs> but it's pretty close in terms of the role Australia played with its uh, systems of telescopes in making sure pictures did <laughs> happen. 
So there is a, a real element of Australia playing a big role in a massive event that happened in and I really in, think, in, in space travel. Yeah, and I don't think that can be underplayed, really. I mean, you, you, you know, we've all grown yes, it up. Yes, Steve is doing Well, he's trying his best. But <laughs> well, well. We've grown up watching those, those images. And it's, it's, I mean, you know, I obviously wasn't alive when, when it happened. I don't, none of us here were to see that live. But you think that that picture came from as far away as the moon. You can't, you, it seems, I suppose, to us having grown up here going, well, we wouldn't have had anything to do with as big as that. So I think this film's great that it highlights that. Again, how accurate it is, I'm not sure, but I think not it's very. I just think it's great that this film has, has has acknowledged that Australia is, you know, we we've we've done stuff in history and this is one of the greatest technological achievements of mankind and the fact that we had any part in it I think is terrific. And it's got beautiful moments of comedy and drama that are sort of mixing together in this beautiful Australian style that perhaps only we could under, sort of understand. Mm. That makes it like this film makes me giggle and laugh yeah. the whole way through. Now we talked about there being another trailer that was available, mm. which is a which had to have been for overseas audiences. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. you know, most notably American audiences. And we'll we'll link that trailer in the show notes so you can check that out. But that, <laughs> I mean, at your own risk. But... At your own risk. <laughs> That is, it's got the narration. It's like a young. How do American accents work? <laughs> uh, what? Are, oh, I can't it's kind of in that, it's kind of in that gravelly voice. In a land that time forgot, Australia, yeah. Australia. <laughs> the world has changed, and they're launching man to the moon, and they're relying on a satellite dish in parks in the middle of a sheep paddock. Rob Schneider is a carrot. <laughs> the thing about this movie is that it's obviously got a fictional storyline to the Mm. real-life scientific Mm. uh, exploration that went on. But it's a wonderful fictional (laughs) storyline that goes behind it. And I think regardless of whether it's true or not, obviously not, it just puts the picture of people Mm. who are doing these things, they have a life and troubles and, you know, things Mm. that are going on in the background while while attempting something that had never happened before. I kind of love that, that element of... Of a real emotional connection while mm. they're trying to do this scientific stuff yeah. that none of us could possibly understand. And it's nice that they're such a, a, a sort of tightly knit group as well, because it is only sort of the, what four or five of them. Mm. And so it's just nice to sort of see them. You know, they sort of know how to look after one another, like what not to say, perhaps at the wrong time when they're under moments of extreme stress. If you get my meaning, and it's just this wonderful sort of teamwork environment. It's got such warmth to it. There are these beautiful dramatic pauses that happen throughout the film that are then just punctuated by just lines that come from different Mm. people like Rudy the security guard (laughs) in Sector A or Sector 1, wherever he's from. It's just all of that bit is just just times perfectly. Now, this film, the trailer says here, from the creators that brought you The Castle, which is possibly... Oh, he's marked a thing off the... No! Oh, the bingo. We were always going to bring up The Castle. Oh, that was an easy Steve, one. that's easy. It was an easy one. So just but a, I feel just like a remind, most of them easier as well. Just a reminder that Steve has his bingo card here. <laughs> and... Yes, you mentioned the castle. These are this is Working Dog. Is it Working Dog Productions? Yeah. Now these guys are the guys who created the Late Show, which is a show on the ABC. So it's Rob Sitch, Tom Gleisner, Jane Kennedy, and Santo Solaro. And they just I think they just nail the the Australianness of it. This is not long after I'd finished watching them on the late show. Mm-hmm. Saturday mm-hmm. night. 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock, I think it was. And there was nothing serious in that show whatsoever. No. It was just one stupid joke, but but nailing it champagne comedy style, as they say, <laughs> after another. Um, and then they 
moved to the castle. And that came up as a, for me, Australian classic in that it just nailed so many things, like the line, Jenny, Jenny, nah, microwave Jenny. Um, <laughs> if you're a fan of the castle, you'll know that one. It's even better than the vibe in my opinion. Um, so they've gone from the castle where they did that, again, pure comedy um, with a smidge mm. of uh, emotion there. But then the dish came, and this was a step well away from what, I was expecting from them when I went to see this movie initially. Came out of it thinking, I can't believe they did that movie because it worked perfectly without it being a comedy whatsoever. Mm-mm. They seem to, they manage to like kind of do slapstick but not do slapstick, don't they? It's such a fine line. It, it's, it's like I said, it's not a comedy, yeah. but it's funny. Yeah, yeah, there's, nothing, there's nothing that feel, feels awkward in it. it. What was dramatic about it then? It's, it's, the, it's the story that's, that's happening. Like, they are they, this small group of people are responsible for this monumental thing, and there is a they, lot of stress and tension yeah, on the shoulders of these guys. They're representing Australia, as far as NASA are concerned. Like, you know, it, we've got to put on a good show for the Americans. You know, so all these things we can't we can't let down everyone who's worked to get man on the moon and fall at the last hurdle, which is. Yeah, there's that wonderful line in the film, which is, "Yeah, he's going to walk on the moon, but we've got to make sure that people can see it." Was there ever yeah. in question? Well, that he's going to walk on the moon. Yeah. No, no, that's, and that's not the what, film's not it, about. Was there ever in question no, that they've been the pictures Steve. back, having historical hindsight? It no, could have no gone wrong. It. it could have gone wrong, and the things that it happened in the though. film oh. could have gone wrong. Well, you could say that for any film, though. Wait, it's no, it's video actually, evidence. You could Sorry, say that. They, well, it was okay in the end because you know it doesn't. Like, Should have mm. made the movie. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> if the film was just about if if the film was just about them flipping some switches while I'm like, oh, it worked. So are you trying to tell me, Steve, that there's a sequence here where they lose power and Mm -hmm. they lose a lot of the calculations that they've made and entered into computers. Are you saying that you didn't feel the tension in the room when that happened? No. I'm amazed by that. Explain. Please try and justify that. Because just bear in mind that we've we've spent about 40 minutes with this sort of family of people who are working on this, if you want to call them that. So you've grown to care for them and then it all goes wrong. And you go, how on earth are they going to get out of this? How are they going to fix this? Like, I always like lean forward in my seat going, I can't, what are they going to do? And I've seen the film about five times before. Because there is historical record oh. of Neil Armstrong on the moon, okay? It, 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 this is the same problem I have with... Bi- no, no, no. Uh, okay. This is the same problem I have with biopics, all right? Or Titanic. Okay? Uh, like watching Sully, okay? You watch that movie and you go, well, Sully Sullenberg is going to get through go through this okay because it's a it's a major historical event that you know he he came out of unscathed it's the same with this i'm like i'm watching this film and the power it loses power what halfway through the film for 20 minutes all right but they lose more than just power they lose all all of their calculations of where the ship is which is easily solved after a really dramatic montage by patrick warburton going let's point the dish at the moon We'll pick it you up that way. I think, I think you're so, a lost cause. <laughs> oh, I'd, absolutely. Was, I, was Titanic a good movie? Uh, it was. Because we I, knew what was going to happen at the end there. Because I didn't know who was going to get off that boat. Oh. See, the thing about <laughs> The Dish is I bring it back again to not necessarily the, the, the drama of the space mission which makes it, because you're right, Steve, we know what's going to mm. happen. Neil Armstrong makes it to the moon. He gets down safely. We know there are pictures. We've all seen them. The thing that they did so well with the storyline of this movie is is uh, Sam Neill's character, who is you know a long time 
uh, expert on working on the satellite there in parks. And he's also mourning the loss of his wife mm. from not long gone while taking on the stress of doing this amazing job of working with NASA while being in a sheep paddock <laughs> in New South Wales in parks. So I think that's where the storyline for me really gets its its gravitas and, and makes me want to I know win because you love the characters. I know I'm going to dig my own hole here, but how has his wife dying impeded his job? Oh, Oh, Steve. How is, no, no, generally, like, what, 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 what obstacle has that thrown up for the character? It's him he, getting on with his job. And what it also brings to it is that there's an obvious understanding that his priorities for some time have changed and that this acts as a distraction for him. But you see the people around in the town who want to care for him and you feel like it's us caring for him as well because wait, you can wait, understand I, 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 can, I can stop it there. Rather. I'll just Google <laughs> the definition of grief and its impacts. <laughs> maybe then that will just be easier. See, Steve, because that's basically what he's dealing with. He's dealing with severe grief yeah. while also trying to do a really stressful job. But and, is he distracted or what, what's the... What's, it yeah, helps he, you understand reserved. his character. You go, I understand, like, this guy is struggling with a lot of stuff. Can he pull this off? Is something mm-hmm. going to break him? Here's the other thing. Yeah. Oh, sorry, is- sorry, Alex, can I just jump in oh. really quickly? There are, there are multiple characters who pull him aside saying, mate, I'm, you're not yourself. I'm a bit worried about you. Are you sure you can handle this? Is this good for you? So the, it is addressed multiple times throughout the film that people have noticed he's not himself. He's dealing with this stress. And you as an audience member go, we want him to succeed. We want him to I'm win. Saying, I'm saying by virtue of it being... Like, even though we would disagree on this, uh, on virtue of it being a comedy, I didn't feel that tension at all. Well, like Will said before, it's a drama with funny bits in it. I didn't feel that that was an obstacle for that character. I didn't didn't get that tension. Okay, I didn't pick up on that on screen. I don't feel like that was conveyed well enough on screen. I don't think we're going to win this argument. (laughs) Most people are going to get... My wife died yeah. of cancer not long not ago. Normal people with um, humanity and, would understand. Yes, so Did you feel for things. John Wick? Oh, of course. See, there you go. You've solved your own problem. Now, <laughs> yeah, but I get to see his wife die and I get to see someone murder his dog. <laughs> All right, shall we move on? Good Lord. Shall, shall, let's move on. Let's okay, move on. so hang on. Let's, I want to establish something about the, you know, okay, yes, the pictures have been back. We know that the pictures, we got them live from mm-hmm. the moon. Here's where the story really brings itself to Parks. There is another station called Honeysuckle Creek mm-hmm. nearby. They are the backup and they are also able to, you know, transmit the pictures. Now, in this, with the mayor and the prime minister coming to Parks, they are the focus because essentially they are the primary station to beam those pictures. So if they stuff it up, someone else gets the accolades. And a lot of what about this that's going on is about them being responsible for those pictures being transmitted. And that is a tension yeah. that it might go wrong. Absolutely. And it nearly does. Because they, the, they lose the power. Shut up. They lose the power. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not on your bingo card. They lose the power. And then, which happened in when this was actually going down, is that they had one of the biggest windstorms come through parks at the time of the Apollo landing. I do remember the film, yes. So uh, let's talk talk about... uh, I love how (laughs) this is very much an independent Australian film. Mm. 
And it works by, just by its own legs incredibly well. But the fact that they managed to get such a big star like Sam Neill in there, but then play such an understated... Like, don't get me wrong, he's great in the film, but such an understated role, I think is terrific to sort of have him there, but then let all these other sort of, shall we say, smaller actors just absolutely shine. Like, he doesn't overshadow them at all. He's such mm. a, and it's, it's such an ensemble piece, and I love that about this. You know who's wonderful? Kevin Harrington. Yes. His character in this, I thought, was, was a good standout. Oh, uh, Mitch. Yeah. The yeah. one that says, yeah. you treat us like a pack of yeah. galahs. Yeah. From a, he was also in Sea Change. Yes. This it, was made not long after mm. Sea Change. Similar, definitely a similar time in Sea Change where he plays the rather a bit, I don't know, dumb dad. <laughs> and they had, they had the classic scenes at the very end of every episode of him and his son trying to explain stuff to his son. It was just sometimes the highlight. He, just, he plays this. How would you describe his character, Steve? Uh, I would say uh, a little, uh, a little misguided in this film. Absolutely, uh, he definitely feels like he's been put under some definite stress by NASA, uh, and he feels like he's being maybe bigwigged by uh, Patrick Warburton's character. And what a cool character is he as well—the American that comes in to mm. oversee things of sorts. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Warburton, who was known for his comedy on Seinfeld at the time, eventually going on to uh, Family Guy. Playing is it Joe? Uh, I've never seen Family Guy. He's, oh. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, well, that's, 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 so we'll discuss much. that later, Matthew. <laughs> Shouldn't um, have said anything. We had this opportunity to play a straight, dramatic character. And he's very good. He's a very good anchor in the film. He's the straight man to a lot of the. Yeah, I would call it that. Yeah, and also we have a lot of fun. I mean, as an Australian audience of the American who doesn't know Australian language yeah. or, or sort of slang, you know, we, we there's some. But I, what I love about that in this film is they never go over. It never becomes cliche. Or a bit silly. So, you know, I can imagine that conversation happening. You the know, fish out of water stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't overplay the, the Australiana, if yeah, you like. Yeah. I would disagree. Uh, There's no shot of a kangaroo. I think, I, think the, <laughs> I think the primary reason of Roy Billings' character is to showcase the Australiana. Who plays the mayor. Okay. No, but I think he might be like a lot of country town mayors that mm. existed, especially yes. back in the late 60s. I certainly think the stereotype of Australian male is played the Prime Minister's character. Mm-hmm. It's sort of that ocker, yeah, you bloody better be doing these things right sort of thing. <laughs> oh, it's like but that is the story like it is in, 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 a, in a sheep paddock. Like That is what is interesting about this story. It's not some high-tech thing. Well, I guess it's high-tech at the time, but it's... yeah. Yeah, just like it, Steve. Just like it. Yeah, why? Why? Why don't you like nice things? No, just just a horrible person. I, I would like to tell our, <laughs> our dear listeners a little story. I don't usually do like we do, we sometimes have a bit of conversation as we're sort of watching these if we're in our own time. Um, Steve did send um, Alex and I a message, and Will, maybe you could comment on this, perhaps just as to how ridiculous this is. Steve sent us a message um, saying he was watching the dish and that he was just bored. I was bored. And how can that happen? I. It's. This is what I, we've, we've discussed this before. Not, well, yeah, I'm not, sure on, we not have. on the recording of the podcast, but we just don't understand where the the pure hatred, for for <laughs> lack of a better word, for Australian cinema mm. came from it because it's blunt, like it's, it's and it seems it's unwarranted. It is, and, a bit, and it I is. and I just don't know where it came from. I mm. think it well, okay. If, if uh, there is an answer to it, or is it just right. developed? I it, it started. It started, and I, I do like this film, Crocodile Dundee. Okay, it started with that because Crocodile Dundee gave Australian filmmakers a template to make by. Well, not 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 filmmakers. I would say producers. They said, if you want to make an Australian film, 
it needs to sell Australia or it needs to sell the Australian people. And so I think for the last 30 years, we've just had films. It's an overgeneralization, but we've had a lot lot of films that are primarily made to sell Australia. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's not it's not a great example, but I mean, last week we, we we talked about well we've talked about the dry, and the dry was not was barely produced by anyone else other than the Victorian government and Screen Australia. But it wouldn't sell Australia per se. Yes, I mean, it, you know, people die in that movie. Were, it's not, were, it's were not, you saying there was a bump in tourism to the? Yeah, town? there is, but it doesn't sell it. That's like an inadvertent. Constantly like inadvertent consequence of a horrible place that's in a drought where there's been. <laughs> To four horrendous murders. <laughs> I, I just think that I think there's 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 an attitude out there that's that's not allowing more unique voices into Australian cinema. Okay, okay. where we're not. I don't think we're. I think we're a few, maybe even a decade away from producing our own Taika Waititi, you know, or our own, our own Bong Joon Ho, or or something like that. I I think that Australian media, that the the real strength is in our TV series. I think there's a lot of good, unique voices out there creating, like consistent TV series um, on trias- on terrestrial TV, um, and it, it's it's making our film industry look a little weak. That's interesting. It's an interesting point of view. I do get where you're coming from, where you where you talk about perhaps cliches in Australia films, mm-hmm. like I said, like you know the shot of the kangaroo, that kind of thing. But I, I feel like you're perhaps being a little oversensitive to when it comes to films like The Dish, and we, we, obviously we spoke about The Dry. The, the Dry is probably a, a lesser example of this, but I still feel like The Dish is is a movie where yes, you've got the accents, you've got sort of the sort of poking a fun a little bit of the sort of the cliche Australian culture, but it doesn't do it to the point of uh, like we said earlier, it's not slapstick. I, I felt it, it was slapstick. I, I I felt like I was being hit over the head with look at all these larrikins, these lovable larrikins. If you come to Australia, this is what you you can expect. I love the image of them playing cricket on the dish. I think that's. I terrific. want to play cricket on a satellite dish. Oh, uh, no contest here. I'd love to do that as well. <laughs> I want to go to parks now to see this dish too. I'm also it's not still say- there, right? I'm also not saying that every Australian film is a bad film. Okay, <laughs> Babe is an excellent film. Mad Max is an excellent film. Okay, so we do break out of the mold. So yeah, what absolutely. You're, what you're but there's saying. always exceptions to the rule, right? Well, if we so can bring it's a- not enough, is what. I want, want. I want more. Okay. I want okay. more. I want more diverse voices in our industry. I, that's yeah. I think. I, I think if we bring it back to the dish, that this is a great example of a film that stands on its own. It doesn't seek to sell Australia as such. It seeks to tell a story. No? Yeah, I disagree. Okay. Well, we're not going to win this one. Am no, I, I think. No. I think we're, we're going to go around in circles a bit if we keep <laughs> yeah. going. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, what, what else can we can we talk about about this film though? That's actually very good. I interestingly uh, a point that I was wanting to bring up as well is that, like many Australian films, the lead actor wasn't born in Australia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that happens a lot. Russell Crowe mm. syndrome. Yeah, Sam Neill, obviously. Um, I think. Born in Ireland, New Zealand, and then to Australia. It's got a bit of a mix, hasn't um, it? We need to. There's probably a whole list of others. Russell Crowe is obviously <laughs> the big one that we always claim as Australian. We do I have. Guess he is. Well, I think Russell Crowe sort of forsaken his New Zealand heritage a little bit, hasn't he? But now we do have Geoffrey Rush, don't we? He is an Australian mm. person. I think I'm right in saying because yeah. he's a terrific actor. We've got uh, Hugh Jackman, uh, uh, Hugo Weaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got you got plenty there. Margot now, Robbie. Now. <laughs> Eric Banner. <laughs> you were talking. You mentioned Taika Waititi before, mm. and we've talked about this before, where he's really good at nailing that happy, sad cinema. Yeah, I think The Dish is a great example. of I that. I would completely agree with that. It's one. a it's a film that really drives this idea of. 
people who are in a bit of trouble and but it brings a big smile to your face whilst things that are quite you know sad about the film as well i think it's afraid to lean into those emotions when we when we talk mm. about the grief that sam neil is feeling i don't see that shown on screen enough ah but this is the point i think where it gets back to the capturing what australian society might have been like at the time in a relatively small town I don't think men would have cried. Men no. can barely cry yeah, now. No, I, I so agree I think there's yeah. an element of, of people know that that the Sam Neill character is struggling, but no one really knows how to help him and embrace him. And you can just see the man having to mm-hmm. soldier on with this weight of grief on him yeah. because that's what you do. Well, there's that wonderful lunch scene, isn't it? Well, I think it's towards the end of the film where he goes around and there's that wonderful exchange between uh, the mayor's wife and then the mayor. And they sort of just very subtly go, are you okay kind of thing as he's leaving and he's going yeah, like yeah I'm, I'm okay and that's sort of the extent that they can manage as to like broaching this subject with him so I think yeah, it's probably just a sign of the times that this film's trying to represent you know he doesn't he doesn't have that moment where he's in the control room of the dish and he breaks down and every, you know it, they don't do that when I'm kind of glad that they don't really I think that would have been and, and in of, that scene itself it you know it articulates itself as quite a you know a dramatic well not a dramatic scene but just a, a scene between characters mm. which then these have these little punctuations of the wife giving the mayor grief about him having both his elbows on the table <laughs> yeah exactly you know little things like that but just they don't oversaturate you with trying to go watch this funny bit watch this funny bit you know it just it's balanced like a like a like a well cooked uh, pavlova, and I, and I think if it wasn't an Australian movie made by great Australian writers, um, you would have ended up with a scene where the main character breaks down mm. in a sobbing mess. Mm. Um, but he knows that that's not what you do. There is no time for mm. that. There is no. He's a professional as well. He sort of gets on with it. And you, like, feel, I, and you I, feel for him. You yeah, do. For yeah. me, in the storyline of it, this is why I love the movie so much. You feel for him having to soldier on without really being able to take any time to deal with his grief because he's got this mission to continue <laughs> yeah. on with. He's not He's not Neil Armstrong. He's not walking <laughs> on the moon, but he's got a pretty big job to play. Yeah, a small it's cog Sam in Neil Armstrong. It's all relative, isn't it? He's <laughs> a really. small cog in the machine. <laughs> and we all feel like that sometimes, I'm sure. We've all got our little role to play and we can feel like that too. You That's know. communism right there. Oh, okay. Oh. All right then. Oh, Steve. Now, the trailer certainly promised a lot of things in, in it that. It a, a nice, sim- you know, it's a reasonably simple story and it now is. It's got, you know, the music in it, which is in the trailer, I think is for the most part in the film, which I really enjoy. And, you know, I think it's a great story, unless there's anything else. Well, the trailer for me delivered because it wasn't that long after the castle and the trailer had a distinctly different feel for me than the castle. So it certainly delivered a different story and a different style from the same director and producers. But like you you say, you still weren't quite sure. You weren't expecting uh, this film to be as perhaps well-rounded. You said you sort of came out feeling it was a bit more than you expected. Yeah, the trailer going into it thinking that it was going to be not quite as emotional as it it was. So maybe it's a bit of yin and yang. I knew it was going to be different from the Mm. castle, but I didn't think it would be quite... Yeah. Uh, as focused because, on the human interest kind of emotion of it. Because I think all I would add to that is sort of the end of that trailer, the, the music changes into that sort of more sweeping orchestral kind of stuff, which always reminds me of the Apollo 13 movie. When obviously, you know, it's still the Apollo missions. I mean, Apollo 13 was only two missions later. And I, I find that for me, 
that suggests it's going to go for this big epic kind of thing but like you say it's actually alluding to that more intimate human kind of emotion thing and i find that trailer for me is slightly off-putting but i'm kind of glad it because it leaves that surprise in the movie you're going oh this is really intimate yeah steve steve we're all looking at you for some reason we've focused too much on steve's negativity no, we and have. i don't want to finish I, it on either i feel like the 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 hamburglar from the simpsons and uh, like there's a kid just outside going stop it stop it he's already dead <laughs> oh dear uh. You know, we're going to finish on a positive. So we're going to, as every week, we give Should it... Should I go first then? You are going to go first, but of course we need to work out what we are going to do it out of, normally out of five. Mm. Uh, we're not going to give it stars. We're going to give it what? Walkie-talkies? Sheep in a paddock? Sheep in a paddock. <laughs> what about... Uh, what was the, the, the satellite dish that um, fell down in like... Um... The one from Goldeneye? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it was called. I don't it's know what it was called. America, wasn't it? I know, yeah. it as out of the, 10. I know it as the dish from Goldeneye. <laughs> uh, five dishes out of Goldeneye. Out of... <laughs> yeah, that's far too complicated. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Bloated movies mean bloated corpses? No, we're not doing bloated corpses. Shall we just, shall we just say uh, lunar capsules? Okay, let's go with lunar capsules. Steve, you can go first, you negative Nancy. <laughs> uh, this is uh, one and a half stars. No! Oh! Outrage. Uh, yeah, I, I was very, very <laughs> bored by the, the humour. I definitely don't think the humour is for me. Turns out my note here about Steve is wrong is correct. <laughs> Could that count as Matt calls me a monster? <laughs> you are a monster, Steve. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Back to Steve's bingo. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, uh, I thought a lot of it is bloated. There's a, there's a few characters here that just don't need to be here. Uh, if anyone's wondering, Sam Neill being old at the start and the end of the film doesn't really matter at all. Um, that's why we kind of have nice things. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it was one and a half. I, uh, I I really wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again. Uh, Look, for a man who coming in <laughs> really does despise Australian cinema, mm. it's not that bad. I guess not. No, yeah, I guess not. I guess so. Mm. There you go. Uh, oh, oh, Matthew. oh! Let's let's cheer up a little bit. Um, okay. So, um, look, I, I've sort of said really why I like this film. Obviously, in the body of the podcast, so I won't go on too much, but I do want to sort of balance Steve's negativity a little bit. <laughs> so, I, I do what I do love about this film. Like I said earlier, is just that inclusiveness. That kind of you've got this small town that are working together, and then within that, you've got this small team of you know very skilled professionals. They're very good at what they do, and this is their big chance to really tackle something big and prove themselves. And also kind of represent Australia in a way, sort of just to NASA, you know, and that kind of thing. And I love how just seeing that interplay and having this wonderful team that support one another and they have their ups and downs, but they all look after one another. And it's just there's no sort of like big drama. It's not like, oh, you slept with my wife or anything. It's just they just get on with it. And it's just, you know, normal problems that happen. Mm. And I love that. And that's why I just love these characters. Like Sam Neill is just the uncle I wish I had. You know, he's just so... (laughs) just comforting in this film and you care for him so much because of what he's going through i mean i'm a huge fan of the apollo mission as well i sort of love that kind of stuff so for me this film is just sort of for me this film is just great just in all kind of aspects so i'm going to give this let me give it a 4.5 i'll go next you know this might be my favorite australian film wow you know, there, there are a lot of good ones out there but this really i think this film it makes me laugh it makes me cry with happiness it just ticks all the right boxes, so I'm going to cut straight to it and give it a five. Look, I'm going to go with four lunar modules. Uh, l- lunar, lunar capsules, I think. Lunar yeah, capsules, four. I'm, I'm no expert. Um, 
I think it is because there is that storyline in it that really what you're looking at for me is uh, is the Sam Neill character who who just captures it. You put it up quite well. He's the uncle you wish you had. He yeah. just he's just such a great upstanding person who you do care about throughout mm. the movie. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> hard to sum up everything after all of that, but it's one of my Australian favourites, if not just favourites. Um, I think you should watch it despite everything Steve said. If you haven't <laughs> seen it already, of course, and if you have, go back and watch it again because luckily Channel 9 does play it quite regularly, <laughs> so good on Channel 9. I love it. Four. I'm so we're so lucky you're here today, Will. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> you saved oh. us. You saved us. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that's that's a beautiful 15 out of 20, which is an excellent result. Absolutely. And uh, Steve, you can't say anything bad about it. Yeah. No, you're barred. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Trailer Island Podcast. I think Steve, you only got about two out of 16 for your bingo. Well, uh, the, the word I can't r- read here. Uh, if I cross that out, I do get bingo. But I can't read the word. You did, uh, you did well. <laughs> we didn't have any tropical ratings. We didn't have any Star Wars references. No one said, I just... Uh, Matt didn't have any fun facts. Uh, oh, and there was no one I have saying, a fun fact. I know we started the music. Um, we talked about, was it um, Honey the Other Dish? Honey Suck Creek. H- honey, they actually did do the first Ooh, eight minutes of the broadcast. So okay, there you can, go. If you do Google the dish true story, you do get a CSIRO website which will go through all the details of what's true and what's <laughs> yeah. not. And it's, it's very actually quite good. It's good, yeah. Well, there we go. So, yes, we have been the Trailer Island Podcast. You can send us a request to contact at trailerisland.com.au. You can visit our Facebook page and send us a message via there. You can look at the Instagram and the Twitter and all those sort of things. Uh, we've had Will McDonald with us tonight. Thank you very much, Will, for joining us. Thank you, Will. Wonderful once again. We appreciate and- your presence. <laughs> It certainly helps us to have some sort of authority on the show. <laughs> uh, I've been Alex, and I've also been joined by uh, every week Australian cinema <laughs> and Matthew. <laughs> and you can catch us every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. I think that's a, just a good way to finish up on a fantastic film. That was the dish, and no one said anything bad about it whatsoever. Yeah, because you can't. We'll catch you next week on the next episode of the Trailer and Podcast. Good night. Good night, everybody. This is a Narrative Network podcast.